0: Thank you for listening. A list of content warnings can be found in the episode description. Take care. Enjoy the show. Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series. A narrative let's play adapted and produced by Revoke GM the in-game audio with additional voice acting through dialogue and descriptions to improve your listening experience. Rediscover the amazing story of the 1999 cult-classic isometric video game Planescape Torment, like you've never heard before. Day 6, hour, 2 after Annie peak. I've rapidly found myself embroiled in the worries of the Hive. It seems every corner I turn, I see fresh despair. Families at war, the displaced seeking remembrance, the petty squabbles of factions as they undermine one another. And I even find myself participating. I'm drawn to the dustman's acceptance of things, a view that we must pass through these trials in order to reach a greater state of being. Yet as Dacon points out, It may be that this need to act and aid and to deflect is a distraction from my own fear of self. I do need to find Farad. I need to learn who I was, if I am to be. A rumble from the tunnels of the mausoleum echoes out of the shrinking portal, kicking a final puff of grave dust into the humid night air and the three of you crash unceremoniously onto the rain-slicked flagstones. Bruised and exhausted, you find yourself at last back under the inky blanket of the sickle Sky, yearning for the gentle hubbub of the Hive. What now, Chief? I n- need rest. Yeah, I think we find somewhere for the night. Uh, it's a bit of a trek to the flap House. Well, surely there's somewhere we can set up camp. Let's at least get out of the Grey District. This may come as a surprise, but I don't want to wake up back in some tomb. All right. Then, tomorrow, a few things to clear up, I guess. And then we go about finding Farad. Remind me how we're going to do that? There was that rat catcher who told me about someone named Creedon, who was supposed to know about getting through the portal in Ragpicker's Square. We'll find them near the Office of Vermin and Disease Control. Let us move on. The clouds begin to threaten more rain. As you pick your way through the worn stones of the Grey District, the clouds above thicken into a heavy fog. And in the darkness and unfamiliarity of these ruins, you find yourself hopelessly lost. You can barely see beyond 50 feet, and in your blind stumble, you start to hear a strange gibbering. Loping in the murk, is the form of an oddly shaped humanoid. You can smell the reek of dung and rotting meat on this figure, even from afar. Uh, Chief, we, we should keep moving. No sense in talking to some grave digger. Mort will last. Maybe they can guide us out. Greetings, stranger. The figure halts and begins to scamper in your direction. Their eyes are set deeply into hollow sockets, and their skin is terribly pale and diseased, covered with rashes and yellowed patches that look ready to peel from its body at any moment. The stench emanating from them is terrible. It tries to fix its eyes on you, but they cannot keep their gaze from wandering. Are you okay? Uh, 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 You dead. uh. What did you say? You. Their long spindly fingers pick at their skin as it stares at you. You -er. They glance to your left over to Mort, then its eyes dart back to you as they continue to scratch beneath their filthy robe. Uh, uh, Dead. Uh, uh, Dead. Uh, uh, Hungry. Chief, Mm. I really don't like this. Mm. Me, marrow friend. You you bring food. It leers towards Mort with their hands outstretched, and you suddenly notice that they have a finger hanging from a cord about their neck. It looks like there is a ring on it. But back off, great <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Uh, uh, hey, hey, hold on. Uh, food. What do you normally eat? Mm, bon- bones. Marrow. Meat. It now reaches out to you, licking its scabrous lips as a yellowish drool drips from its mouth. For a moment, you consider striking them down, but instead... Against every warning in your mind, you let them touch you. Its fingers scrabble, spider-like, on your arm, as if looking for a piece to tear off, and with a raspy moan, the nails dig in and pull off a bit of skin. And you watch, your stomach's churning as it takes the bit of flesh and begins chewing it. Uh, You you dead? No, I'm I'm not dead. You taste dead. Still hungry? Where do you usually get your meat? It makes a snuffling noise like a pig. Dead. Just the dead? Yes. The living would hunt me. Yeah. W- what is that finger bone you have there? It looks down, their plague ridden features twisting into a ghastly, snaggle toothed parody of a grin. Uh, a snag. It looks ready to chew on it. Uh, don't eat that. Have another bite off me instead. I'm more fresh. What? It smiles and reaches for your outstretched hand. Give me the finger bone first, marrow friend. Without taking their eyes off your forearm, the creature nods greedily and passes you the finger. It truly is horrible to witness their teeth sink into your skin and, with a single wrench of their neck, pull away a chunk of flesh. The pain is excruciating, but Marrow friend sits on its haunches as if nothing had happened, chewing happily at the mouthful of meat. Mm, mm, Thank you. You're Uh, welcome. uh, 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 Hey, uh, friend, would you be able to lead us back onto the streets? uh, uh, Streets dangerous. Living hunt me. Uh, Ah, I take you close, but not to light. Fair enough. Lead on, my old friend. <laughs> the ghoulish figure guides you through the remnants of the Grey District, and you are relieved to finally see the familiar crotchety streets loom into your vision. A few bubbers stumble about, gurgling like ghouls themselves, and as you turn to thank your guardian, he's gone. Just the faint whiff of his smell remains. I'm not even going to ask what went through your mind back then. I get the feeling that this ring is... I I mean uh, it. I I don't even want to know. Some of these buildings look abandoned. We could rest here for the night. Sure. Let's see if we can find one with a solid enough roof. Indeed, as you begin to feel the glow of the streetlights, the clouds break open, unleashing the first drops of the downpour. And just in time, you find an empty-looking hovel and head inside. The interior is a ruin. What meeker light glances through the odd crack reveals heaps of rubble piled up in each corner, and any semblance of furniture has long been smashed to pieces. It is smaller than it had seemed on the outside, and you had thought you'd seen a shattered window as you approached. But it doesn't matter right now. It's dry, and is as good a shelter as any could want when desperate. As the other two bed down, your mind wanders to the finger bone... It is decayed and nearly meatless. It looks to be from a humanoid of roughly your size. The odd ring, still attached, is an intricate thing, sculpted with dozens of tiny, ornate flanges and decorative protrusions. Oddly enough, it seems firmly rooted to the finger itself, and no amount of pulling or prying will budge the thing, almost as if the ring's jagged edges have dug into the lifeless flesh and refused to release it. You have an odd feeling about it, however. And as you worry it in your hand, strange images cross your mind flashes of a distant memory, the feeling of arcane power at your behest, a woman, her life cut short, the slice of a dagger as it severs the index finger on her left hand. Almost without thinking, you place the ring finger of your left hand into your mouth, close your eyes, take a deep breath and bite down as hard as you can. There is a sickening crunch, and you (laughs) overcome with a taste and smell of blood. You spit the bloody finger out and place the rotted ring-laden finger bone against the gushing stump. But nothing is happening. What horror have you just done? Then slowly, You feel an uncomfortable tingling sensation as bones fuse and tendons re-knit. In moments, the rotting finger bone has become a living part of your body,
1: though it still throbs in agony.
0: The jagged ring loosens its bite and slips off into the palm of your hand. Overwhelmed by the experience and possibly the blood loss, you drift away into a heavy sleep. You have awakened. What's wrong? Uh, we have a small problem. The the, the door is gone. Wh- what? You jump to your feet in an incredulous hope to see them mistaken. Yet where you would expect to see a door, you find a solid daubed wall with a large wooden picture frame hung in the center. Thinking back now, you don't remember closing a door. The three of you were so tired, it hadn't even crossed your mind. What the... Uh, How? As you attempt to rationalize the situation, a leering face appears in the frame as if a painting had suddenly sprung into existence. And after a moment, a short charcoal-skinned dwarf with a shock of white hair steps through, Swiftly followed by two larger brutes. What? Ah, delicious ones! Good of you to come. I-, I hope you don't mind the mess. My colleagues haven't had the time to tidy up. The portal has already vanished behind them. A gith, a skull, and a human, H- humanish. Interesting. Oh, oh, she will be pleased. This dwarf has an elegant grace about him. He flaunts straight into the center of the room with no fear of resistance his dark-patterned robe swishing as he whirls about, inspecting your scars. You notice a dark webbing embossed across his shoulders. What's going on? Who is this she? Oh, oh, you'll find out. After all, she prefers her produce fresh and full of vitality, and she does have a habit of talking while she eats. (laughs) Sounds charming. And how will we get to her? There's no way out. Oh, why, sure there is. The portal is right there. You just need one of these to activate it. He holds up what appears to be a small, pearlescent bead. Come, come, she has been waiting. And what if we refuse? Oh, oh, uh, oh, no, 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 I, I, I didn't expect you'd go willingly. Dacon readies his glaive. <laughs> Would be nice once in a while. And with a wave of the bead, a luminous pattern fills the space, and your companions fall into a serene stupor. Ooh, you're a strong one. Delicious indeed. I I must introduce myself. My name is Vlas. You have a deep urge to close your eyes and submit to the gentleness. And you are? But with the strange ring still in your hand, you focus your mind and slip it onto your finger you feel a sharp bite as it latches into your skin and a fragment of latent power awakens in your memory i don't have time for this your eyes glow with iridescent light as you weave an intricate pattern through the air oh my as the brute step forward a dazzling array of color bursts from your hands and they halt eyes blank bodies suspended in motion but vlask is unaffected and with a curious grin he begins encanting another spell You won't let this happen again. You rush forward, jam your fingers directly into his mouth, still delicious, and with a swift crack to the top of his head, you knock him unconscious. With his spell broken, Mort and Dakon come to, and you tie the three together in their own bindings, casting away their weapons and taking Vlask's portal key along with any valuables. Tied about his waist is a small pouch containing several of these fragile glass beads... A colourful mist swirls inside them, and from the feel, you presume you're supposed to crush them. As you do, the picture frame opens onto a clear view of the drizzly pavement outside. What shall we do with them? Cast them onto the street. Let the hive deal with them. As Darkon pushes their docile bodies through the portal... You toss the pouch of beads into the center of the room and block the false door from the outside to at least try and prevent anyone else from falling victim to this same trap. And with the day ahead of you, you make once again for the gathering dust bar. Oh, 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 governor, governor, please, please, help a poor Burke on the streets. This man is sprawled on the pavement and appears to be injured. He reaches his arms out to you to beckon you over. Oh, oh, thanks, Stopping, thanks, Stopping. Me me name is Ma, and I have a favour to ask you for. He looks to be in desperate need of a long bath and a change of clothes. I'm listening. Uh, Mm. Tis a matter of life or death. I must be delivering this here box, or it'd be be me head, for sure. Tis me bad luck that I twisted me leg something fierce. So, so, So will you help me out by delivering this here box for me? Where does it need to go? This needed to be, be delivered to, to, to Tra. He keeps a warehouse near the Primer's Gate. It's not too far from the gathering dust, and this man looks to be in dire straits. All right, hand it over. Ma slowly takes out a small box from within the recesses of his ragged clothing. For the briefest of moments, you see a look of regret cross his face, and it is gone. As he places it into your hand, there is a slight shimmer. And he releases a sigh of relief. Oh, 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 thank you. Uh, oh, oh, Unless you try to say I didn't warn you, whatever happens, don't open the box and don't leave the hive with the box. <laughs> now, 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 hurry along. I'll get round to it. Farewell. Oh, 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 thank you, Cutter. Thank you. May the lady's shadow pass you by. Thank you for listening to Planescape Talk. The unofficial audio series, a Revoker GM production. To support the show and those involved, please consider subscribing to our Patreon or donating via our Ko fi page. Links to both are in the description.